Impeachment starts next week. 45 second. <laughs> I hate reruns when new programming is available, though. Mm, mm, mm. Let me drop the intro. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Keys to Gems podcast. This is your host, Lonoso. Keys to Gems fearlessly goes after a better understanding of every topic discussed. I hope you enjoy listening and take something away from each episode. And if nothing else, always know there is nothing we should fear discussing and understanding better. With that said, let's get to it. So, thank you guys for coming back again for another episode, the 35th episode of the Keys to Gems podcast. Greatly appreciate you tuning in. Let's go ahead and jump on this first topic with two feet. Some words on the new president. President Biden has already been slowed down. The Senate just came to a power sharing agreement. Yes, just now the date february 3rd he was sworn in on the 20th now something that people may not realize first of all it's a 50 50 senate the last time this happened i believe was 2001 it has to be stated for clarity because again context matters back then they agreed, the Senate agreed, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, they all agreed that this they would go about business a certain way, regular order, to make sure they can get legislation passed. Now, when President Obama was elected, they had people like former Speaker of the House John Boehner saying, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that he's a one-term president and no legislation will get passed. Obama ran on unity, unifying the country. You may be familiar that Biden did the same thing. So while it's a different time, and again, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't see the future. So I can't say that things will work out a certain way. I would definitely say things got off to a sluggish start. Now, with the power sharing resolution that was just established, What this means is that Democratic chairs can now take their position. The people that head the committees that actually confirm the secretaries of like uh, Department of Homeland Security and things of that sort, Department or Treasury and all that good stuff. It's unfortunate that many things that Biden wanted to work on, they've already been hindered. And you have to understand that Unfortunately, things will be hindered because while we know on the ground things need to be done, some people just see fit to be obstructionist. So we did, however, see history made again this week. Secretary Pete Buttigieg was sworn in by Vice President Harris as the newest transportation secretary. He is the first openly 
LGBT cabinet member. And I say openly because we don't know if somebody was part of that community. They kept their business to itself, but he's open and it technically is history. So we'll see how he does. Now, he is going to take on many tasks that will help in the fight against climate change. One of the tasks that he's taken on is making the change uh, for all federal vehicles to become electric. That is a huge task. But as stated in past episodes, that is the way things are going. And I have a little bit more on that, on the way things are going in the second topic. Unfortunately, history is being made with a negative connotation. One of 45's appointees, a judge in the Texas Southern District, he paused a 100-day hold on deportations that was put into place right after Biden was sworn in. Now, immigration is a very complex issue. And... I don't mean to distill it down into something that is just, you know, to make it easy because that would be misrepresenting it. But I must must state this, though. I have I want to give some context and I want to provide you with understanding of where we've been and where we are. So we're going to jump back to President Clinton. President Clinton was responsible for a horrible immigration policy. It was basically that come at your own risk situation. Yeah, these people already are braving the desert, traveling sometimes thousands of miles to get to the border to either claim asylum or attempting to gain citizenship. Now, as I stated in a very early episode, I don't deal with the whole they should get in line thing because most people don't know what the damn line is. They don't know what forms to fill out or nothing. President Bush, the son Bush, not Herbert Walker, the father that passed away, he didn't help things at all. Then we get to President Obama. President Obama, when he was sworn in and after getting going to his immigration policy, I stated this in an earlier episode, he was pretty much the deporter in chief. His administration deported people at a very high pace and with super high numbers. Then of course, we have 45. Many know the separation, uh, the child from parent or guardian at the border without a plan to reunite those that were separated. It was pretty cruel. Now to the present. President Biden wanting to fix the situation at the border and reunite those separated and if proper to port them, he really had no way to know exactly how bad from a managerial level that things were because the transition was horrible. He didn't have people from the Trump administration helping him out. 45 certainly wasn't going to help him out. So with all that I mentioned with the president's you may have been thinking, why didn't Congress act? Why wasn't there a law passed so that this border debacle can be stopped? Well, that line of thinking, that's a good line of thinking. Unfortunately, 
Not one president that I mentioned was able to get a path to citizenship created or legislation passed. Because for some reason, immigration is nuclear. You don't they don't touch it for some. I, I don't understand. I haven't understood it. And it seems like it's a beneficial issue for everyone. If we give them a path to citizenship, that means people come in. They obviously work because they work illegally in the fields and taking care of people's babies. Let's just call it like it is. So that's helping the economy. But also we'll take the stress off the Border Patrol agents and the judges and the lawyers that work tirelessly, the ICE agents that are deporting people tirelessly, working several hours, uh, like crazy shifts, 15, 18 hours a day, literally speaking, this is not hyperbole, to get people out of here that are here illegally. It would seem like they would want to address that situation, but they haven't. So though President Biden has the goal and we have a new DHS secretary, by the way, uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We still have work to do. It was reported, actually, this week that Secretary Mayorkas hadn't been aware of just how bad things were at the border. And again, not having a transition and also taking forever to get confirmed because you would think they would want to confirm the head of Department of Homeland Security pretty quick. But again, that's the people that are elected. They feel that that's okay to just slow walk things. But Secretary Mayorga, he did not understand fully the scenario that we had going on. We didn't understand exactly how bad it was that not just we didn't have a plan. It wasn't even a blueprint. It wasn't even a a brainstorming session that had went into reuniting people once they were separated. Now, I feel it necessary to restate something that I've stated a couple of times, and I will restate it because it's important. People coming to the border seeking asylum or to become a U.S. citizen, whatever the case may be, if you do it improperly, it's only a misdemeanor. Not a go-to-jail felony, not one of those things where you got to wait and holding forever for your trial. No, it's just a misdemeanor. So the separation that took place should not have happened, one. And two, even if they did separate them, it should have been temporary. Now, this is a problem with staffing at the border. I mean, that's that's kind of an obvious thing. I mean, sure, could it be helped by having more judges and lawyers down there? Absolutely. However, doing all that does not address the core issue, really. That issue being Central America and South America countries are in such conditions that people choose to brave the migration path that is literally deadly in an attempt to get to the United States. Think about that. Now, some of us may have come from a tough neighborhood. 
Maybe not the suburbs. Maybe some are used to hearing sirens or gunshots or were used to hearing sirens and gunshots when they were little. But think about that. To change your life, did you walk hundreds or thousands of miles across a desert? Did you pack up all that you could carry to move to another country where you didn't necessarily speak the language? That's what's going on at the border. Now, this is uh, I also want to make it clear. I'm not saying that it should be allowed, like illegal immigration should be allowed. That's not what I'm saying. But the system that is in place, it sure would be good if we can just get some legislation to fix it or at least seriously address it. Make a, a good attempt at making things better. This is where we come in. This is our voice, just like we need to deal with the pandemic issues, homeless issues, schooling, getting the vaccinations and properly stored and getting in, getting them into people's arms and a host of other issues. Folks, we must ensure that our elected officials are doing their damn job. No, there is not a magic wand that can be waved to fix everything. But we must stay aware and engaged to make sure that these problems are tackled. If we do not, we will continue to weep what we have sown. And this is not just one of those things where it's, oh, we, sh we, we can forget about it because we don't have it in our face. It literally affects our every day. Short story. I, as... I have disclosed here a couple times. I was a Detroit police officer. I pulled over a guy on Livernois, just south of, I'm sorry, on Michigan Avenue, just south of Livernois. And I saw his ID and I did not know what the hell I was looking at. The reason why it was a Mexican ID but I used my little bit of Spanish that I know to try to communicate with him and asked, are you here illegally? He said, yes. Now it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't any like drawing guns, get the fuck out the car or nothing like that. That was in Detroit. The closest international border we had is Canada. And actually, did you know that Detroit is the only city that has a direct border to Canada that you actually have to travel south to, even though the country is north? Little trivia tidbit. Save that for later. Anyway, we have that issue in Michigan. We obviously have immigrants that work our factories, our meat packing factories, as we saw with news coverage talking about how they were basically getting abused, getting made to work in conditions that were not safe, that were not in compliance with the, ugh, it was horrible CDC guidance because of 45's administration just wrecking things with the CDC. But it affects all of us. And it goes to show that government is not broken. However, it only works well if we are working to make it work well. So please remember that. Stay engaged. Even though the general election's over, I get it. We might have election fatigue. 
you might not want to hear nothing besides when the stimulus check is coming. I promise you I understand. But it is very important that we all stay engaged and we all make the attempt to make our elective officials do their damn job. Now let's go ahead and jump into the second topic. For this week's second topic, I want to follow up on something that has been mentioned a couple of times and definitely was mentioned last week. I gave you guys a breakdown of the cost of fuel, gas, petrol. Something, a couple of stories broke in the past couple of days concerning the fact that Exxon posted one of his lowest earning years in forever. Uh, another story was posted that they have a diminished future because of how the pandemic was handled. Which is, again, interesting how everybody thought Biden being in office, oh shit, my gas is going to go up. Okay, calm down, sport. But the update is something that's been kind of peppered in the past in the past episodes and also last week. GM, General Motors, has announced that by 2035, they're planning to have all vehicles produced be electric. Remember that I stated that the technology is getting better. I stated it further a few more weeks back that it's just too much money to be made for the car manufacturers and for the energy companies not to get on this clean energy thing to help the planet. Although mining for lithium, (laughs) I I, want to make clear that shit is horrible for the earth. If just Google lithium mining and you can see yourself and you might not have a a geology uh, background or even training in geology, but just look at what goes on to the earth and you'll see. But anyway, this follow-up is being given to help you understand the following. One, and there's only a couple of things. One, technology does not give a damn about your political party. Now, sometimes certain parties and people within the party, I should say, don't want certain things to happen because it's beneficial to them. But... As stated with the earnings from Exxon and the energy companies like the oil companies basically taking a kick in the teeth because of the mismanaged pandemic, we're seeing how things change, which is why you have to be aware. Now, this does now this does not mean that you will have to buy a electric vehicle by next year this isn't saying that oh you have to change everything to electric or wind and you're no that's this is not saying that please relax please i hope hope that's not being conveyed at all by anything i'm saying but you must understand that change is going to happen and you liking it one way does not make it stay that way the second thing sometimes 
there is a better way, even though you're used to it. Now, this is a kind of an overarching theme, I would say, for a lot of the topics I've discussed over the 35 episodes. Because, see, more people, for example, more people turned out this past election, this past general election in November, than had ever turned out before. But people were engaged. Whether we can keep that same level of engagement, that's still yet to be seen. But we must understand that things can be better. Things can change. And even with technology, the very things that are in our lives, one or two generations ago, microwaves weren't a thing. People had to heat their stuff up in the oven or put it in a little, the bottom, bottom part of a stove to keep it warm. And then microwaves came to be. And then people were worried about radiation, which was a valid concern. But then the microwaves improved to limit that radiation. Things change because we make them change. Sometimes you have to demand change. In the case of leadership in elected office, a lot of people have to demand change. So take this with a bit of hope. Things aren't as good as they need to be. Hell, things aren't great at all. A lot of people are still searching for jobs, still hungry. Mothers, fathers still teaching at home because the schools are open and they're closed and halfway open. Things may not be where we want it to be. But please understand, we can make them better. We really do have a lot of power toward that end. So if you can make it better, don't stop until you get the result that is better. Don't just quit because you're tired. Don't just quit because you may not see a way out. You may need to work a little bit harder. You may need to engage more. You may need to employ the engagement of others, but we can be better. So with that said, this has been the 35th episode of the Keys to Gems podcast. I am your host, Lonoso, and I'll see you next time.